This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Welcome to the Time Blaster Toy Cast. You can download this podcast on all major streaming platforms, including Apple, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure to leave us a review. On each episode, we will select a random review for a very special giveaway. To stay up to date with us, please make sure to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube at Time Blaster Toys, also at The Retro KO. We also want to hear from you. Ask us a question on Twitter or Instagram using the hashtag AskTimeBlasterPod, and we will try our best to answer as many as we can on the show. The following podcast is scheduled for nostalgia with a 60-minute time limit. Introducing first today's topic. 1994 was a year of history. It started with a NAFTA agreement being signed and ended with the release of Netscape Navigator. In between, we have historical moments with President Clinton, Nancy Kerrigan, Tanya Harding, O.J. Simpson, Nelson Mandela, George Foreman, Ronald Reagan, and so many more popular names. Plus, we had the return of Woodstocks, two major sports leagues going on strikes, the birth of Justin Bieber, Giannis Adetokounmpo, I butchered that name, my apologies, folks, Bad Bunny, and countless other world-changing events and people. But today, it weighs in with nine topics unrelated to all of the above. Nine topics that were important to us as children in 1994. We bring to you our 1994 memories. And now for your hosts, they're weighing in today with the stress of fatherhood and fanfare of figures with actions, born a decade prior, and in their prime time toy playing years here, they are the reigning, defending, toy cast tag team champions of the world at the Retro KO Joe at Time Blaster Toys, Keith, together known as the Time Blaster Toy Cast. Man, I feel like I have the weight of the world on my shoulders after that intro. I think we need to go from tag team to trios. Oh, trios. We need the trios titles. <laughs> well, that is relevant in modern day pro wrestling. Give me all the gold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 1994 memories. But hey, before we start, guys, what what's oh. new, huh? We got a review to oh, read man. this week, huh? Stool's in my way. Joe's standing for this. He's excited. I'm, okay, yeah, we're getting pumped for this. All right, yeah, so the review is in. And this review is from N. Cargill. And it reads, A Step Into Nostalgia. Such an awesome podcast. I have enjoyed listening to each episode. It has taken me down memory lane, and I love it. Keep up the good work. Also, the intro is awesome. That's an awesome review. We appreciate it. And Cargill. So like we've said in the past, we read your review. We appreciate your review. So send us a message on Instagram, Facebook. Let us know who you are, where you live, and we will send you some goodies. Yes, please do. We haven't uh, really sent one out. No one's really hit us up. I, have a, these, I do have do one have I need couple? to send, and okay. I apologize. I'm slacking. I'm, I want to get a few together and then send them all at the same yeah, time. Yeah, so hit us up, please. Come get your goodies. <laughs> 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 um, 1994, yeah, after looking it up, man, like what a monumental year. I just did like two minutes of just what happened in 1994 and the things that happened in 94 I remember so vividly. Yeah. I mean, I was... 10 for the first half of 94 and it turned 11 in may mm-hmm. so i know keith you were what 11 and 12 yeah 12 for most of the year yeah that's but true yeah, for you. yeah i mean i think we were the right age to like really have your memories cemented oh, absolutely and it was like the cross-section of toys and movies and sports and like all these big things and music pop yeah, just yeah. pop yeah. culture in general like that's where our brains were shaped 94 such a monumental year joe you were what 10 i was 10 Turned 10 right in January. So, yeah, all yeah. in 94. So, yeah, yeah. it's going to be a uh, – what formed our uh, <laughs> our team years. Yeah. Um, it's like the end of uh, your single-digit years and bringing mm-hmm. on those double digits for all of us. 
and this is our, our memories for it. So we've got the uh, the turbo spinner returning oh, for this episode, right? <laughs> the totally unknown roulette bot option spinner is what we're going to call it, the turbo, um, for future episodes. But Joe has got this thing dialed up, and we nice. each brought three topics to the table, much like we did a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. and. Let's do it. Let's spin that wheel. It's locked and loaded. Are we ready? We are, yes. But give Turbo an old spin. All right. I will uh, I will do the honors here. We are spinning Turbo. What's it going to be, guys? 1994. What a year. Oh. Our first topic is sports games. We're talking video games, right? Sports video yes. games, yes. Okay, sports. sports there's a lot of them. There was sure. a ton of them. So, yeah, like the, the thing with EA Sport releases... So they would have came out for so like for example NHL ninety four came out in fall of ninety three yep. NHL ninety five comes out in fall of ninety four so the NHL games I played a ton of mm-hmm. in ninety four so ninety four you would have been playing ninety ninety four the first half of the year yeah ninety five the second half mm-hmm. of the year. yes got it absolutely yeah ninety five is actually the first hockey game. I didn't get for like Christmas. Oh. So like NHL hockey, NHL 90, NHL PA 93 and then NHL 94. I'll got those for Christmas, but NHL 95 I got like saved money up for it and got it like in September, October of, Couldn't of wait. 94. Dude. My favorite video game of probably of all time still holds up is NHL 95. I know we mentioned that in the Sega Genesis episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, but 94 is like the iconic game that people associate with hockey games. Yep. Everyone yeah. goes back to 94. It's the first game where you had the the teams and players. So, like, NHL hockey was just the teams, and then, the, like, each guy's identified by a number. Yeah. NHL 93 was just the players, and it was just, like, the city. So, instead of it being the Detroit Red Wings, it was just Detroit oh. or Long Island oh. instead of the New yeah, York so Islanders. I, I never noticed that. So, NHL 94 comes to the table with the first time where the NHL PA <coughs> and that and the NHL League get on the same page, okay. and they bust out a video game. The same thing had to happen, I think, a year prior with, with Madden uh, for football. And uh, what was it? NBA Live 95, mm-hmm. major basketball game, also came out in 94. That okay. would have been the fall of 94. So I'm sure Keith uh, and Joe, you guys probably were NBA Live guys. Oh, absolutely. Is NBA Live the game where the camera was like at that weird angle like I kind of so. like from yeah. the corner of yeah. the okay yeah yep. i played a lot of that game yeah and then uh nba jam had a nice run in 94 as well dude that's what i was playing dude i was playing jam probably every day being that uh p funk or whatever <laughs> george clinton is in <laughs> yeah. the game hell yeah. yeah bill clinton isn't bill clinton in the game too? i, I feel like he is yeah the, the, yeah, the unlockable characters in dude. nba jam especially the arcade version is insane Lots and lots of quarters in NBA Jam. <laughs> yeah. And then other other sports games that I remember playing was Joe Montana football came yeah. out in 94. There was the first college football game, which was, I think it was like Sega's division of making sports games. They weren't EA because EA had Madden and um, then they had like NCAA football. But there was like, I think it was just called College Football USA or maybe Bill Walsh's College Football might have been EA also. But Sega's division had a college football game. They had Joe Montana football. And those were fun to play, too. Um, I can always think of the commentary for Joe Montana football. If yeah. you're playing and it was a rain game, you would have dead silence with the announcer, and they'd just go, it's beginning to rain. <laughs> and you'd be five minutes deep into a game, and then you'd just hear that, and you'd be like, oh, I forgot there was commentary in this game. And that was the first sports game that I remember having like commentary, and it was so bad and so off. So easy to return kicks for touchdowns in that game. Every punt and kickoff, you just return it for a TD. And the announcer <laughs> would, like, you'd catch it. It'd be like, it's a punt. Return. <laughs> Touchdown. <laughs> it was just like, that's how the commentary was. But no game had commentary before that. Yeah. So, like, they were it was still working it out. Absolutely. Like, they could kind of call the play by play, but it was so bad. And then, you know, years later. I mean, I can't imagine the sports games nowadays without the commentary. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Such it's, a major part of it. But aside from that, what, do you guys have any other sports games or even a little bit off the wall from uh, sports video games playing in 94? Man, you covered the gamut for I me, mean, honestly. Yeah, I was NHL say 94 jam, was yeah. huge. NBA Jam yep. was huge. Um, 
No, that's probably it. I mean, in the realm of sports, what year did a Mutant League football come out? Oh man, Ooh, Mutant, Mutant League, League football I think was ninety two, ninety three. Mutant League football was I think the year before. There was two Mutant League footballs, and then there was Mutant League hockey. Those games were sweet. Those yeah, were a lot. Those of fun. were cool. Yeah, yeah, and I liked. I think it was the the Mutant League hockey one. I've never played the hockey. They one. did a good job with the names instead of like Wayne Gretzky. It was like Zitsky and like <laughs> that's awesome. Nicholas Lidstrom was Zitstrom, and then those, <laughs> Zit was just they anything. Like to use with, yeah, I remember Zit being there a couple times, and then uh, there was a, a, a player for the uh, Vancouver Canucks, Enrique Lume, and he was like, uh, like luminous something and another. I was like, oh my god, like they, or that's what it was. It was like Jerk Luminous was his name. And I was like, that's Enrique Lume. Like what a what a name, Jerk Luminous. And um, yeah, I, I love the Mutant League games. I think they were. I think Mutant League hockey was a couple years later. Mutant League football, though, I think was before '94. Nice. Um, but yeah, no, and then and then uh, another video game. I don't know if it falls in the sports world, but extreme sports were really taking off, and the Road Rash games were before this. Cause, and I looked them up and was hoping, but it was a game called Skitchin. And okay, it was here's like, your opportunity to talk about Skitchin. So Skitchin. so Skitchin was like you know a skateboarding game where you grabbed onto cars as they drove, but it was like a racing game, so kind of sports related. Mm-hmm. So you're racing other people skitching, and you're going through this like this city and you're just grabbing on the back of cars and you're on your skateboard or your rollerblades you had the option on which character you got to be sounds fun but i do not remember ever i don't remember it it was one of those games i rented from the video store yeah and then was addicted and then i think i got it for my birthday so all in 94 i was playing skitching that summer and the other but I think that's it as far as sports games. It's hard to even classify that one into a sports game. But we'll, we'll allow it. Yeah, nice, we'll, nice little we'll list of sports. It's, games it's a too. race. It's a race. It's a racing game. So. All right. That yeah. Nice little list of sports games. So are we ready uh, to go back to Turbo? Give give it an old spin. I think so. All right. Let's do it. Spin that wheel. Let's spin Turbo one more time. <laughs> spin that How wheel. How we gonna follow sports games? We are following sports games with something we all know pretty well. I'm going to say. What's that? King of the Ring, 1994. I was hoping this was what was next because, especially when Joe was talking, to, or when Dave was talking about Joe Montana football yeah. and the awful commentary. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> Art Donovan, baby. Art Donovan. So the reason I want to talk about King of the Ring, 1994, mm-hmm. is because of Owen Hart. But yeah. we have to, you can't talk about King of the Ring, 94, without talking about, is, is Art Donovan a Hall of Famer? Was he a Hall of Fame football player? I don't know if he was. He might, I think he's in the Baltimore Sports like Hall of Fame, but I don't, okay. I don't think he's in the NFL Hall of Fame. Yeah, so the King of the Rings at, in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Art Donovan's a former football player from, what, the 60s or 70s? So, this 60s, guy's super yeah. old. He, so Vince allows him to commentate on the show. And Art Donovan knows absolutely nothing about anything about professional <laughs> wrestling. Some of the worst commentary of all time. How much does this guy weigh? Yeah, how much does this guy weigh? He says about every 30 seconds. So just awful. You know, wrestling fans can go back and watch the show and just laugh at how bad the commentary is. But, you know, the main reason I wanted to talk about King of the Ring 94 is because our guy, Owen Hart, right? It's like it's coming out. I mean, I guess you could say WrestleMania 10 beating Brett in the opening match is, is, you know, maybe one of – yeah, maybe the yeah. biggest moment of his career. But Absolutely, King of the Ring is what cements him in that like upper echelon of wrestlers, right? Like yeah. this is going to allow him to challenge Brett for the world title at SummerSlam that same year. And I just love, I love King of the Ring '94 just for like the booking of Owen's story throughout the the show. Yeah, you know, uh, Anvil comes back on that pay per view. Yes. Remember yep. this? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So he's Brett's in the wrestling corner. Diesel oh, for amazing the world title, kind of like in the middle of the card. Yep. Yep. And, you know, HBK's out there with Diesel, so who's got Brett's back? Am- Anvil comes back. You haven't seen him in a couple years. Right. He took, you know, he took the PJ pants off. Finally. Put the old, put the old pink and black back on. And he's he's there with Brett. He, uh, how, what's the finish of that match? He ends up, like, so Diesel, he ends up causing a disqualification. Yeah, yeah, so Diesel hits Brett. He lays Brett out, and then Brett, like, like he's got him laid out. He's going for the jackknife. Brett counters, gets him in, like, a, the worst sharpshooter you'll mm-hmm. ever see because he doesn't have the leg in between. And he, he, like, did it from, like, a tripping Boston Crab-type position. Diesel gets right. to the ropes and then gets out of the ring when Brett relinquishes the hold. Anvil's outside the ring, standing by Diesel, talking a little bit of trash. He goes to walk away from Diesel. Diesel posts him. Or Anvil posts him. Diesel posts Anvil. Oh, oh that's And then Sean comes, comes in the, the ring. Of yeah. The ref's distracted by Diesel hitting Anvil. Mm-hmm. Blasts Brett with the belt. Yep. Diesel comes in. 
one, two, Brett with the big kick. And then Diesel's like, all right, jackknife time. Sets Brett up for the jackknife. Anvil comes back in to get his redemption on Diesel, clotheslines him. There's your DQ. Oh, that's even better than I thought. Oh, it was so good. And the crowd was so hot for it. Well, yeah, and because the way they're laying it out, you don't know Anvil's intentions because Diesel hits him first. Absolutely. So so Anvil's out there. You think he's there to help Brett. Mm -hmm. He ends up causing a DQ, but, you know, he's just getting revenge on Diesel. You don't realize till what, an hour later in the show when he comes out with Owen. He helps Owen beat Razor Ramon to win King of the Ring. Then yeah. he's out there giving him the cape and the crown. Yep. And you realize, oh, man, Anvil is Owen's heavy going forward. He's going to, you know, he's just loyal to the family. Back. Right. It's great. That's it's right. Awesome storytelling. Awesome pay-per-view. Owen Hart versus 123Kid in the second dude, round what a is literally three and a half minutes. <laughs> just banger, dude. I was going to say it's like, the best four-minute match you'll <laughs> ever see. It's unbelievable. It if you watch it, you're like, how is this 1994? Yeah. How did I watch this on pay-per-view when I was 12? It's crazy. It's like Owen's coming to the ring. 123Kid dives, suicide dive through the middle rope, and then just three minutes, foot on the gas. Right. Insane match. Awesome pay-per-view. Only show Owen ever wore that all pink boy. Remember mm-hmm, that? Mm-hmm, I always wanted mm-hmm. a figure of that. Dude. Never came out. But yeah, man, King of the Ring '94. Any other memories about the show? I mean, there were other so, matches. So but... the reason that you have the tournament, sorry, Josh, no, go ahead. Off, but the no. but with Brett and Diesel for the world the WWF World Heavyweight Championship, that match goes in the middle of the card because the main event of the show, hype, two wrestling legend names, right, yeah. major hype. You get Hot Rod, Rowdy Rowdy Piper, Hollywood star, household name, taking on. The King of the South, Jerry the King Lawler, at King of the Ring 94. And you get a lot of hype here. You got two huge stars in the main event, but like it just, it was a flat match. Probably the wrong town for it. Baltimore is a pretty rabid fan base, but just Jerry Lawler and Piper, well, Piper for came some back reason. specifically for that match, right? Yeah. Like he yeah. was not around in 94 much at all. Like, no. Yeah, yeah. He, it was, I think Piper was a draw. Mm-hmm. They were looking to, to, I think the ticket sales were low. Um, I've, well, I've, and with the finish of Diesel and Brett, you need a you need a and you, Owen going over in the tournament. You yeah. need something at the end of the show to send people home happy. So, I mean, that's yeah. kind of where that match gets slotted in. And Lawler being a big villain and Piper the, <clears throat> as your babyface hero. But that was your actual main event of the show. Not a King of the Ring match. Not the heavyweight championship yeah. match. There was a tag title match on the oh, show. Too, I know it. It's the Head Shrinkers versus Yokozuna and Crush. <laughs> Crush. Yeah. Okay. Wild. I don't even remember the finish of that match. Mm-hmm. Clearly. Yokozuna and Crush didn't win, right? What even opened that show? Was it Razor? Razor and, Razor and Bam, Bam, Bam Bam. Yeah, okay. Yeah. That's what I was trying to remember. Yeah, awesome re- awesome pay-per-view to go back yeah. and watch. Just, is, I mean, it, if all you're doing is watching what Owen does. Yeah. He beats Tatanka. He beats 123Kid. He beats Razor. Awesome mm-hmm. stuff. Not as good as King of the Ring 93's tournament. Mm-hmm. But, no, right. But, but good. Yeah, Owen's three matches, like you said, Razor, Kid, and Tatanka. Razor had Bam Bam. Jeff Jarrett? So I, thought, I thought one two three could beat Jared Jeff and Jarrett. One, two, three, oh, he did, kid, yeah. yeah. And then uh, who the heck did Razor have in the second Irwin? round? Yeah, Irwin, Irwin beat Mabel. Irwin yeah. beat Mabel. Go. So yeah, so Razor beats beats Bam Bam. He beats IRS, and then he's got Owen in the final. IRS beats Mabel. Yeah. One two three kid beats Jeff Jarrett. Owen beats Tatanka. Then we kind of talked the whole tourney. But yeah, no, a lot of great paper for you. That summer '94. I mean, sticking. With, I mean, King of the Ring '94 sets up SummerSlam '94, mm-hmm. which is an incredible. Incredible show. Yeah, yes. great pay-per-view. And to cap it off, how much does this guy weigh? <laughs> I mean, I've got an Art Donovan fact. Oh, no. Yeah, so he played. So he played in the 1950s. Wow. However, I don't know if this had anything to do with him getting in WWF and in in King of the Ring 94, but he was on an episode of the Adventures of Pete and Pete. Oh, oh man. man. My boy Pete Pete. A- episode called Space Geeks and Johnny Unitas. Wow. Art Donovan uh, was like the king in 1994. In 1994. So, yeah, he played with Johnny Unitas for the Baltimore Colts back in the 50s. You were on Pete and Pete. You made it. <laughs> Maybe that was the tie-in. They were like, like somebody's kid. Shane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, this guy was just on Pete and Pete. He's so cool. <laughs> right. Let's book him, Dad. <laughs> Oh, man, good stuff. All right, let's get back to that wheel. All got right. seven left. Turbo spinner. Here we Locked go. and loaded. Spin that wheel, as Joe would say. Dude, what a song. Oh, man, another heavy hitter right here. The Hulkster WCW debut. Oh, oh. wrestling heavy at the top here. Yeah, That's we're okay. getting them back to back here. So, yeah, I mean, was it uh, February of 94? Yes, sir. Thunder, uh, Thunder in Paradise is airing on TNT. What a show. <laughs> I, I could hear that theme song in my head right now. What a show. And uh, 
And then you all of a sudden, like, there was never a tie-in, really, with Thunder and Paradise and WCW programming until yeah. Mean Gene Okerlund shows up in WCW, and then they start doing the cross-promotional stuff with Thunder and Paradise. Mean Gene interviews Hogan on set, like, two or three times, but it's not... It's, it's my, He is not a WCW contracted <laughs> wrestler. He's just right. Hulk Hogan from the wrestling world, mm-hmm. and they're promoting Thunder and Paradise. And then I just know it was around Memorial Day, because my birthday is around Memorial Day every year, and there was an episode of WCW Saturday Night where Hogan rips up the Thunder and Paradise contract, saying he's done with the show, and he's mm. returning to wrestling, and it was, what, like a week or two later, they have the big Disney parade. Oh, yep, the, I parade, the parade, baby. The yeah. big Disney parade where Hogan signs with WCW. Was that on WCW Worldwide or Saturday Night? Oh, I, I don't remember the exact show, but I remember the parade. I mean, it was a big deal, honestly. Dude, it was yes. a huge deal. In WCW's eyes, it deserved a parade. Absolutely. Because this is what was taking them from, like, Southern regional, not a huge presence in the Northeast or in the West. And you get Hogan on board. Dude. And then once Hogan's on board, here comes all the buddies, right? Like yep. the whole show is just, you know, yeah, by 88 WWF at its best. Like within literally one month. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah the summer of 94, like, I mean, Hogan's first match is against Flair. Bash the mm-hmm. Beach is the dream match. I think Shaq is involved, if I'm not mistaken. I believe so. Yeah. Like it's just this huge. I think it was show. Was that the Bash of the Beach on the beach with the cage? That wasn't the cage match, was it? Hogan and Flair. Was that a cage match on I the beach? I don't think. Not their first match, right? I don't no, know. no, it wasn't. I think I that was the next year. I think that was the next year. I think that was 95. Nonetheless, Hogan wins the belt in his first match. Of course. Yep. Hulkamania is running wild. And then by Starcade, WWE's monumental event at the end of every year in December. He, speaking of one of his boys, he wrestles Brutus Beefcake. <laughs> I know. Who's, what is he, the Zodiac at the time? He's the Zodiac, Zodiac. yeah. And it's just like, like you said, all of his friends just scattered about. It doesn't even look like the same WCW. No, I mean, within two months of Hogan's arrival, you got Duggan, you got the Nasty Boys, yep. Honky Tonk Band's in there for a cup of coffee, Brutus, Earthquake is uh, Shark or whatever. Shark, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's just the up and down the whole show, man. Barbarian. It's just, yeah, it, and it's wild. But, yeah, I mean, 1994, WCW, you got Hogan's arrival. We got to talk about the toys, at least for a minute. Oh, absolutely. Because, you know, prior to Hogan's arrival, there was a, what, two, three-year gap where there were no WCW toys. The Galoobs came out in 1990. There's nothing up until that point. So then old San Francisco Toymakers comes in, and, uh, I mean, we've been calling them LJN ripoffs. That's what they are. Yeah, yeah, I mean, mean, they're pretty similar, right? Very similar. They're the same scale, Mm -hmm. all not as soft as an LJN, kind of harder. Yeah, definitely harder. You know, just in iconic poses. Mm -hmm. And you got got Hogan. uh, What other San Francisco toy maker figures were there in that first run? Taskmaster, there's a Flair. Yeah, Sullivan, Flair. Nasty Boys. Harley had figures. Sting. I had a ton of those toys. Yeah, definitely had the Hogan. Had Sting, Johnny B. Bad. Oh yeah, Johnny yeah. Bad. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, ready to do like a <laughs> I don't double know DDT. double ba- double double bushwhacker battering ram. Yeah, just, you know. there you go. That's it. <laughs> Johnny be bad. Good pull on that. But yeah, ninety five or ninety four Hogan debut. It, it was huge for the rest. As a kid, you remember Dude. the parade. Like I, that's one of those wrestling memories of ninety four. That summer of ninety four, I vividly remember everything in wrestling. But it's the that muddy water of early 94 where mm-hmm. it all kind of blends together. What's yeah. 93, what's 94, but that summer, Hogan, King of the Ring, like what a summer. Yeah, well, so 94 Starcade, I, rem- I was just watching it pretty recently, and one of the biggest selling points is Macho Man is yeah. showing up, yeah. and he's going to tell you by the end of the night, is he there to be Hogan's buddy or to be <laughs> Hogan's opponent? And the whole pay-per-view is built up to at the end of the show, Macho's going to tell you what side he's on. Right. And, uh, you know, so, yeah, by the end of 94, WCW has Mach and Hogan at the top of the card. WWF, you know, they're... What did they have? Yeah, it's wild to think. like Piper how, and Lawler. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, wild to think. Which so. was, I, I mean, honestly, looking back at it, after we just talked about it, Piper could have been the counter to Hogan. Yeah. Why Hogan signing with WCW? Let's bring Roddy Piper back. For yeah, us. honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Could've Timeline worked. checks out. Yeah. Crazy. All right, is that enough 1994 wrestling talk, guys? I mean, I could talk wrestling the whole show, but I mean, you know. You got any, you got any Hogan memories from that, Joe? I mean, we pretty much covered it. The parade, mostly. Yeah. Vivid, vivid. All right, let's spin this wheel. Let's see if we can change uh, change pace here a little bit. What's it going to oh, be? Oh, man. Are you ready for this one? Maybe. Mortal Kombat G.I. Joe's. <laughs> okay, okay. We can, we can talk about this. We, so, get, we get a toy here. 
Yeah, finally a toy on our Dude, toy cast. Welcome to the toy cast. So, obviously, I picked this because you know I've said multiple times if we did a GI Joe episode, I wouldn't have much to say. But I could talk about oh, Mortal absolutely. Kombat GI Joe. Absolutely. And honestly, the funniest thing about Mortal Kombat GI Joes is that technically they're not GI Joes right. at all. No, not at the all. Street Fighter figures are GI Joes. Yeah. You know, they're on GI Joe card back. They're branded GI you know, Joe. Yep, mm-hmm. are branded. But the Mortal Kombat, not at all. No mention of GI Joe. Um, but they were made by Hasbro in 1994, and they used very similar. A lot of them are just straight up repaints. Straight up repaints. Yeah, all the all the Mortal Kombat ninjas, Scorpion, Sub Zero, Reptile, yes. Smoke. They're yep. all just Storm Shadow. They are. with different paint, yep. right? Yep. Um, so yeah, you got the four of them. You have Shang Tsung. There's Goro. Johnny Ooh, the Goro Cage. was sweet. Yep. Kano got a figure. Sonya Blade got a mm-hmm. figure. I think there ended up being 11 figures in that first set. Yeah, sounds uh, right. A year later, they repaint a bunch of them and turn them into like the movie versions of yeah. the of the figures. But yeah, you know, for me, I never really bought GI Joe figures as a kid at yeah. all. But when those Mortal Kombat ones came out, I definitely got my hands on a few. And for, you know, finally getting your hands on a GI Joe and seeing like how articulated it is and how poseable and how much stuff you could do, I was like, man, if I could mm-hmm. get some wrestling figures like this, dude. You could do everything, right? Yeah, it's crazy. That's why I loved playing with GI Joes and wrestling with them. Like right. they always had wrestling matches with them. But yeah, the Mortal Kombat guys came out, and something about the Mortal Kombat ones—they felt cheaper than like your traditional, you know, like my old school GI Joes. I don't know if it was like a different plastic or maybe the shoulder joints. Mm-hmm. Something felt off comparing yeah. them. I mean, you could play with them with the GI Joes, but they weren't as. It's probably just the lack of deco on those figors. There was a, yeah. it was like a stark contrast, yeah. right? There was Joe's they way kind, less paint. They kind and stuff of spared like that. no expense on tricking yeah. these guys out and making them look good. Yep. And yeah, not the not the same for the Mortal Kombat guys. But yeah, uh, you could do all the every fight you could do in the video game you could do with the GI oh, yeah. Joe style Mortal yep. Kombat figures, which is I'm sure why that why Street Fighter and GI Joe and Mortal Kombat or I'm sorry, Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat hooked up with Hasbro to go in the GI Joe vein as opposed to what the WWF Hasbro's were doing at the same time were yeah. a lot harder to play with. I just think it's wild that within a one-year span, Hasbro was making G.I. Joe-branded Street Fighter figures, mm-hmm. and then a year later, Mortal Kombat. It's crazy yeah. that that even happened. You know, So these figures are identical scale. like They fit in the same unit. It's just so cool because... As a kid, you'd always, you know, what would happen if Sub-Zero got faced Blanca one-on-one? What would happen? What a fight. You know, you got the electrifying Blanca. You got the ice-throwing Sub-Zero. Yeah. You can't figure it out in a video game, but if you had these toys, if you had you you could do it, man. And it made total sense, and they fit perfect together. And there's been many times I've thought of, I'm like, man, do I go back and buy these Street Fighter figures? And and then, obviously, if I bought those, then I need the Mortal Kombat figures. You have to, yeah. I've had... Some of them recently, yeah. lo- even loose, the, pre- the Mortal Kombat ones are pretty expensive. Yeah, you know, and to get them complete, like, although I don't even know if I'd want them complete because the weapons are insane. They're huge. They're like as big as they are. Yeah, they don't really go. And with And they them. don't yeah. go with the characters at all. No, they're yeah. just yeah, Joe cast off weapons. Yeah. Yep, the leftovers. F- the thing with the you mentioned the, the ninjas and being repainted. So like, mm-hmm. I remember my first two that I got. Was Smoke and Raiden. For some reason, those were the okay. first two I had. Raiden's cool with the hat. So, Very cool. So I ended up, because I still had a ton of my G.I. Joe. so when I would play with these, this was like towards the end of me actually playing with toys, but it's mm-hmm. like I remember Smoke and Raiden joining up with the Storm Shadow like, and the G.I. Joe, like Jinx and Snake Eyes. And Storm. They ended up having like their own little faction. That's cool. Of like, so like they were like kind of almost like an NWO <laughs> book type of invasion was I got the Mortal Kombat guys. Most of them started joining in with that that group and oh, man. taking over and kicking all of the. Were they, uh, were they heels? Of course, yeah. Okay. And they've taken out all the Joes, all the baby face Joes. That's and, like, cool. My, my, that is cool. My GI Joe figure fed. That's uh, back in the day. It, it's crazy that Smoke got a figure. It is, but yeah. it makes sense just because all we gotta do is paint this guy gray. Yeah, and, they and were they were toy. so smart with the ninjas. <laughs> what yeah. color can we make a ninja now? <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I ever had Reptile. I know I had Sub Zero, Scorpion, and Smoke. I don't think I ever had Reptile. He's as cool because the green, was very green cool. pops. Yeah, I feel like rep, it was just the hardest to get. Oh, kids like the green. Liu Kang figure's nuts, man. Looks yeah. like Razor Ramon. It does. He's got the little curly. <laughs> it, like Liu Kang looks absolutely nothing like right. he does in the video. It's a leftover all. head they had. It's in the not factory. his head. No, it's awful. 
then you get to the movie Luke Kang, he has on like purple pants. You're just like, what is this? Thing? I don't know what they were doing. Yeah, probably fun. leftover uh, Ninja Force parts. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I ever had the Luke Kang or Johnny Cage. I, all the ones I had could mix in with my G.I. Joe's. Like, Sonya was able to go and join. She was, like, the one that, I think, joined the Joes. Like, her lady. She fits in pretty well with her color Well, yeah, scheme. she's got yeah. that yeah. army green yeah. on, yeah. too. Yeah. And, um, and Kano definitely was on the villain side. Kano definitely could I think, be. I think Sonya was my only babyface Joe. Mm-hmm. I think the others. There were two versions of Johnny Cage because he came in the two-pack with Goro. Yeah. That was the only way you'd get Goro was uh-huh. buying the two-pack. And never so, had Goro. Yeah, so there's like that traditional Johnny Cage in the biker shorts yep. about to do the splits and punch you in the nuts. Mm-hmm. And then there's like the long tights version. I like the long tights version. Yeah, I think the yeah, long tights is the two-pack. Goro version. was the coolest, in my opinion, with the forearms. Oh, that figure's it. insane. Dude, like, and that figure's pricey. Very man. pricey. I've never seen it. Oh, man. I never had it. I've never seen it. So I how have they, one. I'll how, show you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, you gotta, you got to hold this bad boy. Because yeah, because uh, i got to see how like this, they did the forearms. Ground, groundbreaking, man. I mean. Oh, here we are. I have one. I'm going to show David right now. We're in the, we are time, live looking at Goro right here. Time Blaster Toys of Westland, Michigan. See, it's here. Good, yeah, it's good to do your podcast inside a toy store. When Absolutely. You're about toys. And and the other nice thing. Look at about this thing. Look at him. Oh my god, dude, he's sick. Oh wow. And then here's the Johnny Cage that comes with yeah. Goro. So he's the one with the this long is, with yeah. the long tights. That's like Mortal Kombat two attire. Yeah. Basically. This is yeah. This Johnny Cage is sweet. And then his single pack would be the Mortal Kombat one attire. Yeah. Oh, but wow. I mean, the Goro is just amazing. Yeah, that Goro's sick. I it's mean, just, even a lot of times you'll find him with his. Uh, Ponytail missing? His ponytail yeah. gone because it kind of yeah, pull off. it out. This so one's big. really clean that we're looking at right here. So big. Yeah. yeah. That's bit. all All the budget went into Goro. Dude, it did. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. That's all original. Yeah. So they're like, this okay. This is half the budget right like, here. We spent all the money on Goro. Let's just repaint all these other dudes. Yeah, I like it. Got the yin yang on the belt buckle. But yeah, really, this, really cool toys for the time, right? Like yes. 1994. I know if I'm in Toys R Us walking down the toy aisle, normally it's a beeline for wrestling. Yeah. I ain't even looking at Joe's, but when these were out and the Street Fighter were out, I'd turn around. I'd turn oh, around yeah. and look. Look at the pegs. I'm pretty sure I brought it up in our Kmart episode because that's the you guy, did. I brought up that I got Scorpion. My buddy's yeah. mom let me pick out a toy, and that's who I got. Yeah. Yeah. These these this Johnny Cage here fits him pretty perfect fitting with the Joe's. I never oh, had yeah. these two. He looks like a Joe. Yeah, he looks they're sweet. He's yeah. got a sigh in his it's little awesome. sling right there. I mean, come on. <laughs> Molded to his body. Dude, for real. He's ready. He's strapped. Why would you wear all those weapons and no shirt? You're really asking to get pricked or something, you know? <laughs> Poor guy. In Time Blaster Toys, which just celebrated its one-year anniversary. Oh, happy one-year anniversary. Yeah, 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 I know. Celebrated by riding roller coasters. Dude, time flies, right? <laughs> yeah, pretty great. All right, let's do it. Are we spinning turbo again? Spin that wheel. We got to, man. How are we doing on time? We doing all right? We are. We are good. We are. All right. Oh, this is a close one. Oh, it's going to be right on the line. Oh, what is it? We are going the White Ranger debut. This this was a big deal back in '94. I think we touched on this in the Power Ranger episode where. Yeah, give them a Cliff's uh, Notes version. We'll just do a little. So Jason David Frank, who played Tommy Oliver. Um, kind of wanted to get off Power Rangers, right? Mm-hmm. He felt like, okay, like I've established myself as a star, and Saban offered him his own show, which was VR Troopers. So Tommy, or Jason David Frank, goes off, and he films the pilot for VR Troopers, which you can actually watch on YouTube. It's very interesting. And um, so they start season two, right? And there's no Tommy, and kids are crying. Kids are throwing fits. Parents are writing letters, and Saban realizes, okay, I just took the most popular guy off this show. I need to get him back. So the guy who is going to play the White Ranger originally gets swapped with Jason David Frank. He goes to VR Troopers. They bring Jason back to Power Rangers. And there's a two-part episode called The White Light. Okay. And this is episodes 17 and 18. So you can see season two went on for 16 episodes before they were like, okay. So is there any White Ranger presence at all? No, not not until episode 17. Okay, not so, even him in the mask, not knowing no, who. No, nothing. Season two started with no Tommy on the show, and that's what the problem was. <clears throat> mm-hmm. So the White Light, part one and part two is episode 17 and 18, and it aired in, I want to say, October of 94. Okay. And... Uh, so it starts out, Kimberly, she's all excited. She got a letter in the mail from Tommy. Tommy's coming back to Angel Grove. Thank God. Okay. Coming back to save the show. And um, all of a sudden, Alpha and Zordon disappear from the command center, right? Command uh-huh. center shuts down. There's no power, nothing. The Rangers don't know what's going on. Billy goes to the command center, and, you know, Billy being the smart one, magically finds a secret door to, <laughs> to a chamber underneath the command center, and like, where'd this come from? And like in the show, yeah, you, he's like looking through a grate on the floor, 
And in the show, they give you a little glimpse of the boot and like the leg, and you can see it's white with the gold trim. Ooh. And you hear Zordon talking. He's like, Alpha, change the blah, 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 right? <laughs> and Alpha's down there with his tools. And so that's you know the episode goes on and it ends on a cliffhanger right like uh-huh. frankenstein right so all the rangers are back in the command center right and alpha and zordon are back and they're like rangers we're sorry for our secrecy and blah 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 and so a white light shines from the ceiling and the ranger ascends down right and uh-huh. he, he goes up to his clips and it's slow motion unclips the clips goes to take the helmet off and it cuts to a close-up of kimberly's face uh-huh. and her eyes go wide and then she faints. And then the show ends, and it <laughs> says, "It says to be continued." Oh okay. man! And so the, the next episode, you had to wait a whole week. Okay, yeah. I was ecstatic. <laughs> okay, I already—I mean, you pretty much already know it's going to be Tommy, but I mean, there's a chance it might not be. Yeah. So the episode two or part two starts and um, starts right where we left off, but it kind of rewinds, you know. So Kimberly's yeah. there looking. Uh-huh. Helmet comes off, and it's Tommy. He's like, guess who's back? <laughs> and then Kimberly faints, right? And everyone's clapping, and they're all happy. And he goes over to Kimberly and wakes her up, and uh, Tommy's back Dang. as the White Ranger. I don't remember it happening that way. To boost ratings for Power Rangers, because Saban was worried that people were going to stop watching because Jason David Frank left the show. Yeah, crazy. So there were 16 episodes without a White Ranger, without Tommy. Just yes. the original a Green Ranger. Fi- yes. Back to the original five. There was no Green Ranger because I believe that ended in season one with the green candle, right? Like there was a yeah. green candle that burned out. Tommy lost his powers, and that was their way of writing AKA, him off the show. They ran out of footage of Green Ranger. Right. And they wrote him off the show so he could go do VR Troopers. Wow, crazy. Yeah. So, yeah, dude, like, t- obviously, I was one of those kids that was all about oh, Green yeah. Ranger, all about Tommy. So mm-hmm. to have him not missing from the show is like a huge hole right. in, the, in the cast, right? Yeah. So, yeah, bringing him back makes total sense. And obviously, not only does it help the show, it helps the toy line. Because now you got a whole new Ranger. Brand new Ranger. You know, arguably everybody's favorite Ranger. So you can make toys of him. Yeah. He's got Zords. He has weapons. Also known as Saba, the, the white uh, Saba, tiger dude, sword. Saba might trump dragon dagger yeah he's very very cool i mean i know for a fact by christmas 94 i had saba oh i had saba i had as well. white tiger zord yep. i had the eight inch tommy i had Dude. the small version tommy automorph and white ranger from the movie something about the white ranger yeah. the white just really pops it's the cool baby face now were Dude, there any yeah. was there any were the bad guys starting to really dominate uh the lord zed have a couple episodes I run believe, on the yeah, rangers I, I where they believe, needed the support you, you know when zora and Alpha are gone the rangers don't know what to do they're just like <laughs> right. oh, what was this do? a couple episode build up though too where the rangers I, are getting their butts whipped i don't remember if there was a build up i just remember the two-parter and them trying to you know fight off zed and stuff and not having zord on there and just struggling and wow. struggling you know because you, you got to beat them down before you can build them up absolutely right? yeah 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 christmas 94 was a huge year for power rangers obviously yeah. 93 was like that first year where the toys were literally impossible mm-hmm. to find right. 94 it was getting a little bit easier but they were slightly but they were still the hottest toys on the planet and then that white ranger automorpher hits yep and all you know look good luck yeah all that white ranger stuff to this day you know the vintage 94 Talking Sabasaur yeah. in good shape, hundred bucks. Yes, easy, easily. You know what I mean? Yep. It's just an iconic toy. Like every kid in the '90s had one. And yeah. Saban never made that mistake again. Tommy was in Power Rangers for what the next <laughs> ten years or so. Yeah, it's yeah like you sure. are never leaving. Wow. I do remember the Saba, that that cat, because my younger brother had it. Yeah. And uh, that's all I remember with that White Ranger yeah. toy with that was that cat that you guys were talking about, yep. Saba. Saba was cool because he always gave Tommy a little lip. He was a little sassy. <laughs> you know? You're not driving the tires over right. <laughs> I like it. Awesome stuff. All right, we ready to spin? Yeah, spin we're that ready. Wheel. We all are. Right. We're past the 1,994 second mark. Oh, I don't know right. what that means. I don't 1994 either. would be 33 minutes. So all right, guys. Oh. We're a few minutes past that. Okay, what we got? This one's a doozy right here. We are talking Michael Jordan, baby. 1994. <laughs> when you said Michael Jordan, I literally had to uh, look a few things up because I'm like, 94, Jordan's not even in the NBA, right? Right. Right. Okay, I have some things to say. But he's but... still Michael Jordan. He's right, still... well, that's, that's <laughs> Space Jam. Is, he starts filming in he starts filming, filming. Yeah. So, so he's yeah. probably playing a lot of baseball. Yes. Lots of so baseball. that's why I want to bring it up because everybody remembers Michael Jordan with the Chicago Bulls. Yes. Sure. He wins three championships mm-hmm. in the early 90s. He's yep. dominant. Best basketball player. Arguably the most famous athlete on the planet. I mean, yes. I don't even think it's an argument. I No. Yeah, I mean, the Nike commercials. Who are you going to debate? He was Gatorade, in baby. Gatorade. Yeah. I mean, yep. Haynes. Haynes. Oh, Haynes, yeah. Dude, he was all over Haynes. Jordan was everywhere. And he was the best basketball player. 
He was doing commercials with Bugs Bunny mm-hmm. for yep. Super Bowls. They had the crossover, which led to Space Jam prior to this. But he shocks the NBA in the end of 93. The the 93-94 NBA season is getting ready to get started, and Jordan, eh, I think his dad his dad got murdered, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, you know what, ba- yeah. basketball is just not for me. He couldn't do it. He didn't want to do it without his dad. Yeah, I'm going to go play baseball. Yep. So... But we didn't know that right away, so he just retired. So you're watching basketball without Jordan in the end of '93, and then February '97 or 90, February '94. I can picture the the Sports Center like breaking news: Michael Jordan agrees to to contract with the Chicago White Sox. And I'm like, wait, the Chicago White Sox? That's a baseball <laughs> team. That is a major league major baseball league, team. Yeah. What the heck is going on here? So yeah, I mean, Michael Jordan. You never saw more minor league baseball coverage on ESPN. Oh, yeah. oh no, unbelievable! Except for the year right? of '94, every mm-hmm. day, what you saw Jordan's highlights. Yeah, as a baseball player. Yeah, which is it was weird at first. Yeah, Very so weird. if it was like modern, like if it was happening nowadays, there would be a channel devoted 24/7 oh, to his every movement. Absolutely. I mean, ESPN spent a lot of time talking about Michael Jordan. It was insane. Yeah, um, the whole year was just like Jordan and baseball, Jordan and baseball, and then of course they're comparing it to the NBA. But I mean, without Jordan retiring from the NBA, he probably doesn't get to film Space Jam. Right? Space Jam probably yeah. doesn't exist. It just continues to be a series of commercials because mm-hmm. um, he films that in ninety, starts filming it in ninety four, and then across ninety five before it finally came out. But right. just I, that's why I want to touch on it because as a kid, you could not watch. TV without seeing Michael Jordan on it as a baseball player. And so he spent two years away. Well, so he retired in October of 93 Uh and he came back in March of 95. I believe it was. Okay. Because he missed the entire 93, 94 season, but he was there for them to win the 90, the 93, 94. They won. They beat the Phoenix Suns. No, the Rockets won in 94, 93, 94, 95. That was the Rockets. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Ninety-three. Didn't the Rockets win back to back? They, I think they so. Won two. I, think I thought they won. While Jordan was away, the Rockets won two in a row. That's why I thought they yeah. won ninety-three, ninety-four. I'm pretty sure ninety-three, ninety-four because I remember the Bulls had the best regular was, season record. That was the year that I was devoted because the Phoenix Suns was my team. Charles yeah. Barkley was my dude. Dan Marley. Right? Yeah. Charles Barkley was such my dude that when I was a kid at Blockbuster, remember back in the day when you were at Blockbuster yeah. as a kid. Uh, if you wanted to rent stuff and your parents weren't with you, like they were in the car, you had to give them a password. You guys remember this? Yeah, yes. I do, yes. <laughs> so my password at Blockbuster was Barkley. Barkley, baby. <laughs> Charles awesome. Barkley. I loved him so much. My password was Barkley. But looking back, it was kind of embarrassing because every time I'd have to rent something, they're like, what's your password? And I'd be like, Barkley. <laughs> it's Barkley. So what that we but anyways. Hear? Yeah, I remember because that was the one year Charles got all the way. I was so excited, and then Jordan yeah. beats him, and I was like, "Oh, yeah." Geez. I think that was ninety two, ninety three. Okay, maybe that was ninety two, ninety three. Yeah, the Suns, Bulls was ninety two, ninety three, ninety three, ninety four was Knicks, Rockets, mm. yeah, and then Finals champion was the Rockets, and then it was like Rockets and Magic, right? Rockets yeah. and Magic, yep. Yep. and then yep. Jordan was back in March of ninety five. Gotcha. Jordan's like, I've had enough of y'all. To uh, yeah, so so Jordan three peats right yep. wins three in a row yep. leaves. Houston, allows Houston to win a couple. Yep. Homeboy comes back, wins three more. Yep. <laughs> like, yeah. Never misses a beat. No, no not at unbelievable. all. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah, to, to be away that long and come back like you never left. Yeah. And the Bulls were still good without him. Yeah, like, they, they were. They had like, the second best record in the NBA. Scotty held it down. Without him, but just couldn't get that those championship. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. You need that guy in yeah. the NBA that's going to take you to the next level. And he was that guy. The NBA changed there, and then ironically, Jordan goes to baseball, playing minor league baseball. He almost plays major league baseball because I think it was either it was late in the '94 mm-hmm. baseball seasons when major league baseball shut down for a strike, canceled the World Series. Mm-hmm. Before they canceled the World Series, though, they were talking about having scab players yeah. come up. So like the September every year in Major League Baseball in September they have the the, the call so the roster goes from twenty five to forty guys they bring the minor league guys up just to see what you got give them some experience towards the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Jordan would have been in that. Yeah. Had the baseball season continued, he almost was a Chicago White Sox. Could have been playing in the playoffs, but they canceled the World Series and. Jordan never makes it to Major League Baseball. Wild, wild story. Crazy that it happened, right? Yeah. Just a testament to what kind of athlete this right. dude was, right? And to bring it back around to uh, trade shows, I remember trying to hunt the upper deck Michael Jordan baseball 
which I guess would be his rookie card for yeah. baseball. So what they threw his minor league card yeah. in like the pro set? Yeah, yeah. He had a, it, he had upper deck. Yeah. yeah, I mean, makes sense, right? For Birmingham, sure. Birmingham, Birmingham Barons. Yeah. Barons, Barons, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wild. And I think he did play a little bit for the Charlotte team, which was like I think the Barons were the Double A team. I think so. Yeah. And then the Triple A team was like the Charlotte Knights, maybe. Probably. I don't know why I would know that. And then, then, then you'd go to the White Sox from there, I believe. Wow. So I think yep. he did play a little bit in Charlotte, but Birmingham is where he was, spent most of his uh, yeah. baseball days. What can't Michael Jordan do? I don't know, man. In 94, he did it all. I was wearing my Hanes T-shirt, drinking Gatorade, going For to real. McDonald's. Like, Mom, I need some more <laughs> some Hanes T-shirts. Remember, that was back when Gatorade was in a glass, a bottle. glass bottle. Remember that? Got to yeah. be careful. Don't chip your tooth. Chug it too fast. It just it hit different in the glass bottle. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you. It did. You, you couldn't go... A commercial break without seeing Michael Jordan. No, he was oh, all yeah, over no that TV. Yeah. Even when he was playing baseball, you was still everywhere. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. He was raking in that money. Spin that wheel. All right, let's spin this. Well, we got three left? Four we left? got three left. Let's do it. I can remember a couple of them. All right. What we got? We have Jim Carrey movies of Ooh. 1994. All righty then. The box office <laughs> king of 94. Honestly. All right. Let me set the stage. This is because this is unreal, right? So yeah. in one year span from January 94 to December 94, mm-hmm. these three movies come out. Ace Ventura, The Mask, and Dumb and Dumber. Mm-hmm. All in the same year. It's nuts. All number one movies in the world, right? Yeah. All in one calendar year. I like. I looked these facts up. And, Has uh, anyone done that since? Uh, the Rock did it the in like Rock. 2013. Of course, yeah. The Rock. But it was like GI. He was like in GI Joe. Yeah. It was all movies that like were part of franchises, like established names. Established names. This yeah. is this '94 Jim Carrey list Dude. isn't. Yeah. None of these are Iconic. anything. Made him Ace a superstar. Ventura, no yeah. one knows what this is. No. And Ace Ventura would not work with any other human on earth than Jim <laughs> no, Carrey. No, no, it just no. wouldn't. No, the mask was literally written for Jim Carrey. Dude, so that's mask. you know what I mean. And then Dumb and Dumber. I was reading about that film. That movie was in development hell for years. Yeah, there was time. like so many actors attached, and they couldn't get it off the ground. They couldn't get it made yeah. until Jim Carrey comes along, and here's your Lloyd Christmas, right? It's right. like unbelievable the amount of talent this guy like comedic like the guy to like redefined comedy i yeah. mean i think anyone like our age that grew up in the 90s you look back and like to this day i'm like dude you cannot touch these movies you, can't you touch cannot jim touch carrey. jim carrey he no. is the absolute best no i obviously i loved those movies of the three which one was your guys's favorite i gotta go dumb and dumber for me i love dumb and dumber but <sighs> it, i mean you can't go wrong with yeah. either honestly for me Ace Ventura. Yeah. yeah. I remember being in a movie Dan theater. Dan Marino. <laughs> I remember being in a movie theater. So what? That's nice. So I'm 12. Yeah. And like literally falling out of my chair. I'm laughing so hard, like at multiple points through this movie. And like that's prior to Ace Ventura. Jim Carrey is a staple on TV. Yeah. Like in, in Living, Living Color, Color, Fire Marshal Bill. Yeah. Like yeah. Fire Marshal Bill, that character was so popular. I can remember and I wish. I would have bought this when I saw it. I can remember being a little kid in Target yeah. and walking by the clothes, clothes rack, and there's an all-over print T-shirt oh. of Fire Marshal Bill. Oh, it's like, man. let me tell you something, and it's just Fire Marshal Bill's entire face on the shirt. That's awesome. It's like, What's that shirt be worth now? Oh, oh insane man. amounts of money. But you could tell from In Living Color, you're like, this guy is so Dude, charismatic. Yeah, he's he a takes star. over the screen, mm-hmm. and he just needed an opportunity. And once he got it, it was Dude, like, boom. He, he took hit. the ball. Three and number one movies in a year. Insane. Love them all. My favorite out of all three of those movies, I mean, I, Dumb and Dumber and Ace Ventura are my favorite. Two probably lean towards Ace Ventura yeah. slightly. Yeah. Um, but uh, my favorite scene out of all of them, though, is in Dumb, from Dumb and Dumber. Mm-hmm. It's when they get pulled over by the, the cop who's Harlan Williams. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and he drinks the, uh, the, the pee jug. <laughs> and I'll do this to this day. If I drink something that I'm like... Mm. He does this little click. I'll still... It holds up. 39-year-old me will take oh, a sip of something and just be like... Yeah. And it's just from that scene, and it just uh, hilarious to me. Dude. Still holds up, and so I mean, there's so many great scenes and lines and and things. And um, all of them, but the mask got a sequel. Dumb and Dumber, much, much, yeah. much later, much yeah. very terrible. But Ace Ventura was like immediate sequel. Yeah, it really was because Ace Ventura: Pe- Detective Two is like a year later. Yeah, ninety five. Yep. It's out. Yep. Yeah, and the, the mask was the only one that had like toys and a video game and a cartoon and a cartoon. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, well, yeah, I wanted to bring it back to toys. I didn't yeah. want to touch on the mask toys. Hasbro made a line of them in nineteen ninety four. Yep. Those toys are sweet, man. They are very cool. They are cool. I've got a few of them at home. I don't collect the whole line. I've got the. Uh, it's almost like an automorphin mask figure, yeah, yep. where it's like Stanley Ipkiss's head, and you lift his arm, and it turns, <laughs> it turns to the mask's the mask. head. 
He's got that, uh, you know, the banana yellow suit, the zoot suit looking the zoot great. Suit. Got that little Milo dog. He put the mask on the dog. Dude, the there mask, was a mask Milo. sequel. Milo got the sequel. Son of, of the there's mask. a son of mask. It was Jamie yeah. Kennedy. Yeah, yeah, those don't count. Yeah. Jim Carrey's no, we not don't even count. If he's not right. in it, it doesn't count. Yeah. But just crazy, the amount, and so many quotable lines from all these movies. Yes. Like Ace Ventura has like a million of them. The yep. Mask has a million of them. It's just crazy, right? Oh, my God. There was a little kid. Oh, what? It was a kid within the last year that was doing the butt talking thing. And I was, <laughs> was like, oh, classic Ace. That comes right. This kid probably has no idea where that comes from. Probably saw right. some YouTube or TikTok video. Dude, the butt talking and, and changed the, butt the world. Talking, uh, Jim Carrey brought it to us in 94. Yeah. I mean, if you're having a bad day and you need to smile. You just put on Ace Ventura, man, Pop and in. within one of within players. one minute, you're yeah. going to be rolling on the floor. It's just the nonstop. Sh- uh, you know, there's some th- questionable things by modern standards. Yeah, you know, well, yeah, it was a different time back then. It was a different time, but yep. if you just take it, it at its 90s, comedic baby. value and the performance of the actor, dude, Jim Carrey, untouchable. Yeah. That's why uh, in recent years, him playing Robotnik in Sonic, yeah. I feel like that, that first Sonic movie, when I saw it, I'm like, man, that's like Jim Carrey being Jim Carrey Jim Carrey you know what I mean like my kids watch it and they're like this guy's great so it's kind of hard to show them some of those movies now because there are a lot they're not really but there are there are some you can show them in certain scenes you can show them yeah even they you know you could be six years old and you watch yeah some Ace Ventura or Jim Carrey at his comedic best you're gonna be dying laughing right Mm. Not even, yeah. I don't, don't even know if we them. should have been watching those movies back in 94, <laughs> but, you know, we did. Oh, uh, well, you know, we got Snowflake. Right. All right, we ready to spin? We got two left. Yeah, let's do it. Two more. What are they? I don't even know. They're the... Let's see. What we got? We got Donkey Kong Country. Ooh. On the Super Nintendo Entertainment System. All right, well, let's let's go. All what, right, Donkey Kong Country. Donkey Kong? This was um, developed by Rare. Yeah. Yes, and published by Nintendo. Mm-hmm. Um, came out in 1994, and uh, this game, it was kind of groundbreaking, right? Because you look at this game, and visually, it was so different. Yeah. Uh, Rare found a way to make 3D models of all these characters, right? Mm-hmm. And through some kind of like new compression technique that they developed, they were able to render the 3D models into the regular sprites for Nintendo, but like with little quality loss. Yeah. So the game just looks so ahead of its time. Uh, with the graphics and the music, and I guess technically it's considered a reboot of the Donkey Kong franchise, really? which was pretty dead and dormant by this time. So you bringing up Donkey Kong Country made me realize, so I was a Sega kid, right? Yeah. yeah. I had Sega Genesis. Same. Did not have a Super Nintendo. Yeah. Never once, you know, felt bad about it. Never. Yeah. I was fine with my Sega mm. until. Until, man. Until this day that what so when did this game come out? <sighs> September 94, you say? Either September or October. or October. Yeah, somewhere around there. Walking in Target. Yeah. Taylor Target. End cap, where you can demo video games, is Super Nintendo. Yeah. Donkey Kong Country's on it. Oh, and I walk man. up to it, and I start playing it, and I was like, oh. Dude. I'm like, this is the future. Dude, it yeah. was. It visually blew my... There was... You cannot understate it. There yeah. was no game that looked there that wasn't. good ever. No, it was unbelievable. It was a 2D and game. And in that moment, man. I was like, I w- think I want a Super Nintendo now yeah. because I didn't get one. I never had a Super Nintendo, but I was so damn jealous, man. So Dude. jealous. That game looked so good. It was so fun to play. I wanted to sit and target all day long. My only note here. It's Let's so funny it. you say that. For Donkey Kong, I was like, played it for the first time as an adult. Okay. However, okay. as a kid in 1994, mm-hmm. same as you, Keith, never wanted a Super Nintendo. The commercials and then playing a demo of it oh, yeah. made me want a Super Nintendo. That's all yeah. you needed was like, one minute of playing it just, that it game. It was the greatest game It was ever. unbelievable. And you just, and then like what, years later, like N64 kind of has their version yeah. of it, which felt more like an N64 game, but yeah. we're talking for Super Nintendo. It was I a platformer, s- yeah. I remember seeing it on the end cap, like you were saying, and thinking it was like Sega CD game. Yeah. Because that was brand new, like at yeah. the time. I think that came out the year prior, but it's mm-hmm. like, oh, I don't have, I have my Sega Genesis. I don't want this Sega CD crap. But it <laughs> yeah. looked like. It looked like it. Like, looked it like looked it. next level. It did yeah. not look 16 bit or insane. that it was nope. something we would be playing. It was crazy. Rare was ahead of their game, and that's kind of what caused Nintendo to be like, okay, Rare knows what they're doing. Nintendo that's... bought a lot of stock into Rare, and Rare became like a staple developer for them. Yeah, you know, I guess I always knew Rare developed it. Mm-hmm. I can remember that. but I So Nintendo really didn't have anything to do with that Nothing game. Nothing to huh? do with it. They, they gave and Rare it, and for, a chance. And, and for it to be 
obviously visual. If it's visually stunning, yeah. but it sucks yeah. gameplay wise, yeah. we're not talking about it. No, but no. not only does it look good, it plays good, and, and it sounds fun. good. Yeah, Dude. unbelievable, man. It Crazy. was a hat trick. And Donkey Kong before that, I mean, Donkey Kong in the eighties is is what it's like. You got Mario climbing the levels. Yeah, Donkey yeah. Kong's like a bad guy. Like, yeah. And Rolling this is barrels. totally different. This is more like in taking the Super Mario concept of you're going through levels, Sonic mm-hmm. concept, you're going through levels. And you, but your Donkey Kong, like right. throwing, yeah, throwing barrels to your point, Joe. Like, yeah, we just really recently, cool. in the last couple of weeks, we bought our, my son Windsor, we bought him Donkey Kong something for Switch. There's a new Donkey Kong oh, Country. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, wow. It's Donkey Kong Country for Switch. I have to look into that. Yeah, and we got the Grandpa Don- Donkey oh, the Kong. Gra- and the little, <laughs> yeah. They're all there. That's they're awesome. all there. I'm like, man, Donkey Kong Country still going strong. It's still a very strong IP for Nintendo. Yeah, and awesome. And I, I think Donkey Kong Country was the third highest selling game on the super nintendo I of all time it. I, believe yeah. I believe it yeah yeah wow had to just be behind a couple mario games if i had to guess yeah, yeah. no doubt about it all right all right we got one I mean, left no need to spin we're what talking sonic and knuckles okay back-to-back so, video games yeah, so flip side to that we've talked about yeah. the world of super nintendo sega genesis right so yeah sonic and knuckles i believe this came out october 94 as well okay yeah, um because it was just like sonic 3 right well, that's what I was going to talk about, yeah. a little fun fact, if you, you guys may or may not know. So when they were developing the next Sonic sequel, Sonic and Knuckles and Sonic 3 was one game. Okay. okay. And it was being developed as one game. And then I know they hit some time constraints and then like budget started to play a factor. So Sega had to split it and they released Sonic and Knuckles first. And that's why it has that unique adapter on top. Uh-huh. And so later on when they released Sonic 3... That's why it was designed that way, so you could plug in Sonic 3 into Sonic and & Knuckles and play the game in its true form the way that it was supposed to be. Okay. Yeah. But Sonic & Knuckles, if you didn't have a game on top of it, it was still a game you could play, right, or no? I want to say it was. Yeah, you it? could. Yeah. Because I rented Sonic and & Knuckles, and um, to me it just felt like, oh, it's just like yeah. the new Sonic. It's just a new Sonic game. This Knuckles guy's cool. It was very, cool. very similar to Sonic 3. I mean, but. for a reason, because it, it was Sonic 3. I see. Yeah. yeah. But, now, yeah. I mean, I remember, honestly, just plugging games into the top of it. Right? And then you, <laughs> get, you get that screen. This is not compatible. <laughs> Sonic tapping his foot or whatever it was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, like, I, for some reason, I always associate Sonic and Knuckles with the Aladdin video game. I must have rented them like around the same time. Yeah, probably. Well, I feel like Aladdin's '93. Yeah, it might have come out the year before. But I feel like I rented them around the same time or whatever and played it. And then I remember buying Aladdin and never buying Sonic and Knuckles. And then years later, wishing—I mean, Aladdin was a sweet game, but it was very sweet. Wishing that I had bought Sonic and Knuckles because Knuckles was cool, dude. He was very cool. And I was first introduced to Knuckles in the comic books. I don't know if you guys ever. You had the comics. I had I, no, I had some no. Sonic comic books as a kid. Yeah. Well, yeah, Knuckles. I mean, we've talked about it a million times. It's like every IP has the one character that's got the edge. That's bad becomes good. You know what I mean? Yeah. Tommy, and that's what Knuckles is, right? Dude, he he kind of starts off as uh, him and Sonic are butting heads at yeah. first. You know, you think he's an evil dude, and then over time they learn each other's backstory and they realize oh we should probably not be fighting each other we should be fighting together right so by the end sonic's you know a good guy but the character himself so cool right I mean, very he's, cool he's like a red version of sonic got the giant fists dude can punch everything he's got the spikes on the knuckles he's an echidna which i still don't know what that is but that's <laughs> what know. he is it's uh <laughs> sonic 2 they kind of explain that don't they but i still don't know oh in the, movie, in the movie in the modern I, think, movie, I think it's like a really say. cute looking animal then you look at <laughs> knuckles and you're like what's going on here <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Sonic cool. and Knuckles, very cool aw- game. Awesome game. Yeah, we were spoiled, man. 1994. If you had a Super Nintendo or a Sega Genesis, Dude. you had you had unlimited options of cool stuff to play. To right? the video store we go. Seriously, and I still feel like barely scratched the surface. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So I, so and much like more. My 94. I remember like just that was like the year where it's like early in the year. If I was in the house, it was toys and video games. But outside. I played so many sports in 94. Yes, like, sir. That's just mm-hmm. barely scratching the surface. Yeah. Yeah. And what a year. We can always come back. To, we can have 94 part two. Or revisited. We- <laughs> <laughs> the <laughs> reboot. Speaking of revisited, next week we're going to be revisiting uh, a previous podcast. Where we we're putting are. A, mm-hmm. We're not going to spin the wheel, but we are going to put a spin on it. We are. So we're testing out a new concept we came up with. So we had so much fun talking about WWF LJNs a few episodes ago, right, yes, guys? Yes, yes. And we got a lot of good feedback. We've had a lot of listens on that podcast. It's one of our most listened yep. episodes. It's yes. a very popular podcast. And 
since we kind of ran through the whole line, we're like, well, how can we talk about LJNs in a different way? Yeah. And we came up with this idea. So are we calling it the Time Blaster Toys Bodacious Bracket Tournament? Is that what it's I mean, being called? I'm it's down. Official. Or that, that, the down. TBT BBT for short. <laughs> so what we're going to do is a single elimination eight-man tournament. We are going to randomly pick eight LJNs. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're going to have them battle one on one. We're going to debate. There's three of us. We're going to, majority's going to rule. We're going to see who advances. And of these eight, there's going to be one winner, right? One winner. The inaugural winner of the TBT BBT tournament. I'm excited to talk LJNs. Right. And hopefully this concept ends up working and we can go, you know, beyond LJNs yeah, and do all sorts of toy lines. Once we way. get our winner, we can always come back, do it again. And oh, he, can def go. he can defend the title. Well, yeah, if we. I mean, there's enough to where we could easily yeah. do eight tournaments. Absolutely. <laughs> and then we could do a tournament with the eight champions. We have the undisputed. <laughs> the ultimate be, survivor. It could, it could be B. Brian Blair Dude, versus Miss Liz slick. next week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tune in. Find out. We're going through. If you For our wrestling fans out there, you're going to love it. Um, I did and, come up with a couple ideas, guys. Yeah. Next week, it won't all it won't be all wrestling. I have two undercard matches that are outside of wrestling okay. that we're going to sprinkle in throughout the tournament. Okay. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. You're looking forward. Those are to surprises it. for you guys. They're dark it. matches. Excited. <laughs> well, thanks for listening to this week's episode. Leave your review, like, subscribe. If you're leaving reviews, not on Apple, but on another another platform, send them over to the Facebook or the uh, Instagram for Time Blaster Toys, or even hit up at Retro Ko or myself at Matthew underscore Priest. And we'll be happy to make sure they get read on the podcast. And then you can get your goodies. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, who was the fellow who, whose review we read earlier? Uh, N. Cargill. N. Cargill. Just like that. So thanks a lot for the review, N. Cargill. And like, subscribe, send your reviews over. And we'll catch you guys later on Down the Trail. See you guys. I'm going to make you feel. Yo, DJ, spin that wheel.